Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, aired right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. The show just opened to the tunes of national recording jazz musician John Porter. I am a huge fan of his work. We frequently jam to his music at the top of the show. We are live right now in your ear and just thankful and excited all in one that you have joined us on this Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Our regular listeners already know that this is a national show for the entire community and every member of the family. You know, we bring topics and exclusive guests to the table that are relevant. We aim to offer insight that hopefully impact and shape lives in a very positive manner. This show intends to foster conversation that sparks intrigue. Please keep the conversation going in your local communities. This weekly show aims to be a positive force in your world. Stay connected with the show, and please share us with family, friends, and colleagues. Just remind them that Tuesday nights now belong to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. But before we officially get started with our topic and our exclusive featured guest, I want to offer my condolences to the victims of the Navy Yard tragedy that occurred in our nation's capital of Washington, D.C. yesterday. Our thoughts and prayers are certainly with you all. May God bless you. Tonight's topic and exclusive guest will wow you. We are talking about education and the so-called achievement gap. Is it real? Is it a fanciful myth? Just why do some students excel while others continue to struggle? These are tough questions, yet they deserve to be addressed head on. I can't do it alone. So I have brought in an expert guest who will share some critical information with all of us this evening. This woman is truly dynamic. I've met a lot of intelligent and so-called intellectual people throughout my travels in my lifetime, but Dr. Sharla Benson Brown stands out. We have a hot topic and a superb guest. You have to stay with us. Real talk for real people. Call in right now to speak to the uh, featured guests live. You can submit questions and comments by calling 914-803-4284. Again, that's 914-803-4284. 
4284. You can provide comments or questions again. Now, remember to press 1 and hold on the line because, of course, you can call this number to listen in live, but press 1 if you've got a question or comment to submit. We will be taking live callers throughout the entire interview. Before Dr. Charlotte Benson Brown joins us live to chat, listen in right now to hear from a few loyal listeners. I'm Kimberly Springle, Executive Director of the Charles Sumner School Museum and Archives in Washington, D.C., the official museum for the D.C. Public Schools. And I listen to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton, a national show for the community. Hi, my name is Cedric Jennings, and I'm hailing from Washington, D.C., and I'm listening listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Hi, this is Takia Hamilton, and you're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Awesome, awesome. We appreciate all of our listeners. If you want to get on the air also or share some community news, simply email us at letstalkshana at gmail.com, and someone will certainly get back with you soon. We are currently collecting fan photographs for our Wall of Fame on our Instagram page. All requests should be emailed in also. Stay with us, everyone. No one will want to miss our one-on-one conversation with the one and only, the renowned educator, Dr. Sharla Benson-Brown. We are addressing the achievement gap head-on. Please allow me to share some brief biographical information about Dr. Benson-Brown. Dr. Sharla Benson-Brown's research focused on race, social class, status, and inequality has led her to an awareness of the disconnect between parents of school-age children of color and the expectations of school. As a daughter, sister, and niece of educators, as well as a mother of three beautiful children, she believes making clear how some school rules are unwritten will allow parents to understand how they can be more effective when partnering with schools to ensure their child's success. It is Dr. Benson Brown's ultimate hope that parents in schools will partner in such a way that schools become a true equalizer and thus better prepare all children, regardless of their background, to compete in the non-level playing field. Benson Brown has previously taught 7th and 8th grade social studies in South Carolina's public schools. She is currently an adjunct professor and supervises social studies teachers student teachers at the University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. I am a Columbia native myself. Listeners from all over the world, please help me welcome the one and only, the highly respected, the expert in the field of education, especially when it comes to explaining and breaking down the achievement gap. Welcome, Dr. Charlotte Benson Brown. Hello, Dr. Benson Brown, and welcome to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. How are you this evening? Hi, Ms. Shana. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, thank you, Dr. Benson Brown. I am just so excited because this issue matters for our communities all over. And we wanted to bring someone in of your statue, of your expertise and background to really help all of us understand what's going on. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. I'm ready. All right. Well, first and foremost, a lot of us throw out the word achievement gap, achievement gap. But from your perspective, an individual who has a lot of experience in this topic and field, 
please define or simply describe the achievement gap for our listeners and then tell us how does the notion impact the child's school performance? All right. Uh, the achievement gap uh, refers to when one group outperforms another or there's a disparity in how children form on a particular standardized test. And so uh, what uh, educators are seeing is that uh, children of color, uh, particular, in particular African-American children and Hispanic children, are not performing as well as white children um, on, the t on these standardized tests. And okay. um, that's, that's a significant uh, factor because uh, these standardized tests oftentimes predict uh, which classes children will be children will be placed in. And okay. uh, if children perform well on these tests, then they oftentimes are placed in accelerated classes, and those accelerated classes uh, will prepare them for uh, college and uh, oftentimes track them into classes so that once they get to high school, they can take those higher-level classes, oftentimes take AP classes to get college credit. Okay. Neil, I want to talk about that, um, about taking the classes, the gifted classes, or if you will, the college track-bound classes. You know, mm -hmm. it says, okay, they're well prepared for college, but tell our listeners and myself right now, because I'm intrigued by this, by taking these classes or being college-bound prep or being in classes that are considered, if you will, on the level of a professional-type future, do these classes necessarily prepare our children for a successful and productive professional career? In other words, is it more likely they'll be the attorney, the physician, uh, the paralegal, the educator by taking these types of classes? Uh, well, research really has shown that these classes do prepare uh, these children um, in, in these particular classes to do well. Uh, socioeconomic status does have an influence, but uh, okay. what the gap also um, has shown uh, when we look at the achievement gap is that um, it's happening across class, so middle-class black kids are um, experiencing the achievement gap as well, and so okay. um, they're not... Um, going to college, um, they are going to college, but they're not completing at the same rate as their uh, white counterparts. So um, it's the style of teaching, oftentimes these gifted and talented classes, uh, the rigor is there, and when I say rigor, I mean that the teachers are teaching at a high level. Um, and so uh, there are other factors that lead to college, yes, but the, the class, these gifted and talented classes are definitely a factor in, in, in assisting kids in doing well in college once they get there. I see. So in a sense, these college track-bound classes, Dr. Benson Brown, likely make them more prepared to succeed in the curriculum that the colleges or the universities offer. Am I quoting you right or summarizing you properly? Yes, exactly, because uh, if they're not in that type of class, um, oftentimes they may be in classes where the teachers are handing out worksheets constantly, yes. asking them to solely define words, and those those types of, uh, of learning strategies are what um, we as educators feel are low level. And uh, okay. when teachers are asking kids to create projects, solve problems, uh, those great critical thinking skills, helping them to develop those critical thinking skills. Those uh, strategies assist kids in doing better on the standardized tests oftentimes. And, okay. um, yeah, all of that. 
Okay, now I've got to tell you something and admit to something that disturbed me what I read recently. I recently saw in the newspaper that there are studies that actually are in existence that do suggest that there are performance differences among different racial groups as early as kindergarten. So we're talking about a typical five-year-old, if you will. What's your opinion of this? And to my surprise, why would this even occur? Uh, actually, yes, the gap occurs right before kids even enter into school, and researchers have found that that's really because um, African-American parents, they found oftentimes they parent a little bit differently um, okay. in, in comparison to white parents, and not, and not to say that because I'm not saying they don't care at all. They definitely okay. are involved, and they yes. definitely care. Uh, but understanding that um, reading at nighttime, or reading every day, modeling reading, uh, asking questions about books and, and, and uh, movies, critical thinking about things in the news, those types of things that teachers do in classroom, they found that white middle-class parents do that uh, more often, and it prepares them better for school. They're reading more. They're having more okay. conversations with kids, and so that's contributing to kids um, having a, um, a gap or the gap being there before they actually enter into school. I see. So the uh, the earlier, if you will, that a parent introduces educational-type resources, such as reading, working through numbers, that will actually prepare the child to be successful early as a five-year-old kindergarten class. Oh, yes, even early. I would say start reading, like, immediately. And mm-hmm. it's never too At late. Early. It's never too late. Yes, yeah, as early That's as right. possible. And, and if, children, if the child is perhaps in middle school or high school, um, you find things that they're interested in, uh, books that they're interested in, and start there to have them read. Because those reading skills will assist them later on, most definitely uh, if they plan on going to college, if, if knowing that there's a – Plenty of people who've gone to college, uh, they've known uh, people who've taken these uh, post-secondary yes. courses know that um, there's heavy, there's a heavy reading load that you have to manage, and yes. so developing reading skills all throughout um, grade school will definitely assist them uh, once they get older. You know, we stated the issue, which is the achievement gap, and we recently covered the fact that uh, there are disparities among different racial groups, African-American, Hispanic, and Caucasian children, as early as four, five, and six years old. And I have Mm -hmm. to ask the tough questions, Dr. Benson Brown, if I like it or not. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a journalist, if I agree with the question or not, what's your response to the individuals that would even suggest that there are genetic factors that play a part in rationalizing the achievement gap. It's a tough question for me to ask, but I've got to put it out there to an expert like yourself. Um, I would say that that has been disproven time and time again, that there is no correlation between race and intelligence. And so if anyone were to make that claim, that claim is definitely racist. Yes. Uh, and, and parents should, if any teacher were to make that claim, if they were to overhear anybody, an yes. educator, please, yes, that's a that's a red flag if they're associating race and intelligence because there is mm-hmm. no correlation. So I want to ask this. We've got a lot of callers on the line, so obviously we've got some great questions coming in for you. So, But I want to say, which is awesome, I know you're excited. So we talked about standardized testing, and we're saying that often um, – due to other factors that you brought up early in this segment, that uh, some groups may not perform well on these tests. You know, but 
so obviously, and I want to say, I'm just reiterating what you just said, performing well on standardized tests by no means justify or define someone as intelligent or not, correct? Because I want you to echo that again so that to be clearly understood by parents who are suffering or struggling right now with the concept that their child does not test well. Um, as a parent and as a person who's taught in schools right now, as a researcher, I would definitely say that uh, test scores do not indicate how smart um, or a child may be. But um, to just be realistic, it is the game that is being played in school. Okay. That is what okay. schools are using in order to assess children and to yes. move them forward. Um, and so um, just as we as African-American parents, I know I teach my children that um, they can speak a certain way at home, and then when yes. they go to school, they might want to code switch and, and to okay. switch it up. Um, in okay. order to move forward, right? And so I would say that the same game that is played for um, maybe language, that uh, play the same game for uh, testing as well, where okay. kids understand that this is what you need to do to move forward, and we're going to do everything we can, perhaps, to, to get you there. Yeah. So in other words, before I take our first caller with a question or comment, prepare them for the world that exists. Maybe not the world that you want them to live in, but to survive and succeed and be a productive individual in the world that does exist. And it is a tough, competitive world globally, right? Oh, yes, most definitely, because uh, it is my belief and my hope that uh, once kids are able to perform well, perhaps so they can change the rules and they can change the game such exactly. that kids are not de defined by standardized test scores. But unfortunately, yes, that is the game that schools are playing right now. Mm. You are really uh, dropping some powerful and useful knowledge for all of us. Our first caller is Michelle. Michelle out of Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you for joining us on Let's Talk America. What's your comment or question, young lady, to our featured guest, Dr. Sharla Vincent Brown? Hi, Dr. Brown. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good. I was calling because I have several nephews between the age of five and up, and I was wondering what you suggest that we can do since young black African-American male are the mm -hmm. most likely to not complete school. What mm -hmm. did you give us any suggestions or pointers to make sure they have a successful school year up until the time they graduate? Uh, great question. I have a six-year-old son myself, so I'm equally concerned um, about um, how he performs in school and is perceived in school. I would definitely say uh, read, read, read. Uh, uh, Go to the library as much as possible and pick up books. Uh, I know mm -hmm. the Scholastic Book Fair in uh, South Carolina, where I live as well, has a great discount on books. So read as many books as possible and encourage reading, model reading. Uh, speak with the teachers. See how well they're performing. And also, um, if you know of anyone else that's an educator, perhaps they can um, uh, interpret or give you a second opinion, let me say. So test scores or how they're performing, ask others to um, look at how they're performing as well because sometimes teachers are busy and they may not give you full assessment of how you can assist them at home. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Excellent. Thank you for calling in, Michelle. We appreciate your support. Definitely. Okay, next caller on the line is actually Marilyn out of Charleston, South Carolina. Marilyn, thanks for calling Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. You're on the line with Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown. What's your question or concern? 
Good evening, Dr. Benson Brown. Um, my question is to um, get some techniques from you that are more so concerning um, communities and parents that have been, um, you know, over the years of our history have been economically disadvantaged. What can mm-hmm. they do to help their children? Other than reading, you have said that previously, but what can they do to help to reduce this gap in education? Um, working with the teacher, going to the teacher and, and letting them know that they are concerned, that they are um, aware of where they are, where they are reading, their math level, um, and, and being really proactive and, and letting the teacher know that they are um, want them here. They're they want them at a certain like grade level before they leave them. Um, there's also access to uh, like common core standards that um, or uh, give you information about what kids should be doing every year or where they should be, which is also on my website. So you could they could also go there and and um, look at like first grade, second grade, third grade, and go over the guidelines of what kids should be learning that year and reinforce that at home. Um, those things uh, help and assist the teacher um, as well. Hmm. Thank you home. for your call, Marilyn. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. I want to ask you a question because we have more callers on the line. But before mm-hmm. we do, I, I want to know we talked about standardized test scores and how performing well on them certainly allow the child to be more competitive when they do apply for the schools, be it University of South Carolina, Columbia College, Emory University, UCLA out in California. But can a child be worked with specifically to increase the scores on these very popular and critical standardized test scores, Dr. Vincent Brown? Yes, they can. Uh, Parents can, oftentimes parents call in tutors to um, help them uh, get up to the grade level they think they uh, they should be. So uh, definitely there is, I guess, I wouldn't say just because uh, they may read, uh, they're in eighth grade and they're not on grade level or they're in ninth grade and they're not on grade level, that they won't get there. That definitely parents can uh, call in extra help if possible and, and they can get to the level that they need them to be. Wow. Okay, good. So it's definitely possible. All right, our next caller, because we they are on the lines busy, we have Shirley, Shirley Ann out of uh, South Carolina, Columbia. Uh, thank you for joining us on Let's Talk America. Shirley Ann, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you for um, answering my call. I'm about to put you on spot, though, I think, okay? Uh-oh. Good thing we've got a featured guest. <laughs> not all children are gifted, and there are only so many slots in the AAP programs, upper academic programs. However, what I have found over the years is that how do parents go about motivating the teachers, raising their expectations? I have actually heard teachers say they're not going to do that. They're not going to be able to do this. However, they've been able to do that if the expectations of the teacher was raised. How do we go about raising those expectations of the teachers? Good question, Thank you. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And um, that's mainly why I guess I keep on saying what the parents can do at home, because you can bring it to the teacher's attention 
what you would like for to happen that you would like them to you would like for them to include more culturally relevant materials you would like for them to teach at a higher level but but at the end of the day when you're not there every day so you can't um ensure that that teacher is going to follow through so oftentimes uh, it's it's uh, the responsibility falls back on the parent to fill in the gaps where, where, where teachers are not holding that high expectation. So um, you could bring it to the teacher's attention, uh, bring it to the administrator's attention if the teacher does not um, act on it, bring it to the principal's attention after that. You could even go to the district office and, and, and voice your concern. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's going to be at home perhaps where you're going to have to, um, where parents are going to have to enforce these skills that they want to see their kids um, have. But definitely, I would say take the go to the teacher first and express the concern. Um, you can also take to the teacher the data from the school. Um, oftentimes, state uh, departments will have data um, that will reveal if there is a, a, a racial gap, and you can take that um, with you to the teacher or the administrator or the principal and say, "Hey, you've got this racial gap at the school. You know, here's the evidence here, and what do you intend to do about it?" Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. A lot of callers, because this topic, Dr. Benson Brown, matters to so many, because if they're not a parent, a grandparent, a godmother, godfather, or aunt and uncle, even if you're none of those things, which would make you very rare, but if you're not, you're still a citizen of the world, and our children deserve the most competitive and ideal education system they can get. Would you concur? Yes, I agree, and uh before desegregation, I would say that there was this uh, community, more of a community in educating, like a village raise. It takes a village to raise a child, yeah. I would think. And with desegregation, I think we kind of lost some of this uh, community and, 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 and education. You know, we, okay. And, and and getting it back, I think, is what it's really going to take to to get where we need to be and be more competitive in school. Okay. Now, I want to speak to you right now directly about a subject that can be sensitive for a lot of individuals. Um, you know, children need work constantly, and you know that. Uh, you, even if you have a so-called gifted child or a child who is bound for greatness, be it academic in whatever artistic way, they need their attention. But what's your message right now? And I want your mother and your wife and you're an educator and you're an expert in this field all in one. So I want you and we need you to be practical uh, with this response. What's your message to the single or super busy parent or parents who don't always have an abundance of time to work with their kids one-on-one, -on -one, but they want their child to be as successful as a Dr. Ben Carson. They want their child to one day say, I want to be a great educator, like Dr. Charlotte Benson Brown, but they're busy. They're doing it by themselves, or they're working two or three jobs with a spouse or a partner, and they feel they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, there's not enough time in the day. Speak to those parents right now, because often they're seeking practical and realistic advice from an experts such as yourself? Um, I was once a single mother, so I do understand okay. before I was married. Before I was married, my husband two more children. My first daughter, my oldest daughter, I was a single mother, so I do understand the time constraints placed on single parents to work and um, support learning at home. And I can definitely say from my own experience and looking at um, kids who have been successful in school that support from grandparents and aunts and uncles and uh, neighbors for those yes. busy parents 
um, to read to them, to perhaps take them with them to uh, places that they um, know that the kids may not normally be exposed to. Okay. Those types of experiences, that help um, definitely um, is what's needed most to, to assist single parents and their children to become successful. Help, that's what I would say. I see. So in other words, just really reiterate and emphasize to whoever has contact with your child, the babysitter, whoever it is, to constantly emphasize learning components, whatever, whoever is working with them or keeping them. Right, because, and I'm saying this under the assumption that I believe single parents are there they, because studies show that at least 80%, 87% of parents are attending student uh, parent-teacher meetings yes. and open house nights. Uh, um, African American parents, so are not reading in comparison at night, as you know, in comparison to white uh, parents. So I, I would assume that they're doing these things and assisting and helping at home to the best of their yes. ability, um, and that uh, ways to, to 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 foster um, education and uh, by others would definitely assist in promoting, um, because. I can definitely could tell the comparison with two parents versus one parent in the household. Okay. Um, and so uh, others in the community could perhaps help uh, okay. the single parent. Mm-hmm. So it takes a village, as the old adage says. You know, yes, Dr. Ma'am. Vincent Brown, we have so enjoyed you. We're going to have to bring you back on because this is a full, complete topic that has so many different aspects to it. But before we get out of here, we've got to know, how can our listeners learn more about you and your consulting company? Um, you can uh, go to www.parentingthroughschoolyears.com. Um, you can also find me at Charlotte Benson Rowe on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Pinterest. Absolutely great. The name is Dr. Sharla Benson-Brown, Parenting Through the School Years is her consulting company, and she's a friend of this show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. Thank you so much, Dr. Benson-Brown. Keep up the great work and keep sharing your message, trying to reach our parents and our students alike. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been our pleasure. Awesome and unique information from the one and only Dr. Charlotte Benson-Brown, adjunct professor from the renowned University of South Carolina. Again, go Gamecocks. Thank you a million times over, Dr. Vincent Brown. Everyone join us next Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Same place, same time, more great topics and great featured guests coming. Again, we appreciate you tuning in. All content original, copyright 2013 by Shana Thornton. Don't leave us quite yet. I have something to share. Till next time, everyone, stay empowered. Hi there, everyone. It's Shana Thornton, host of your show, Let's Talk America, featured right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. You know, we really love our loyal listeners. Listen in right now as we have a few that wanted to provide some great feedback on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you tune into the next show of Let's Talk America, diverse show where you hear all types of information that you can learn from different guests. An excellent show. Please tune in. Hi, I listen to the show every Tuesday, and I love the show. Great host, wonderful material. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., there's no other place to be, but Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Boy, I always learn something new from listening to that show. Great topics, great speakers, great show. Yeah, and Let's Talk America is an excellent show, and I hope that you keep up the good work. And give the, the show gives something for every generation. Please keep up the good work. Thank you. Hello, my name is Sherelle Boyce, and I've been recently 
Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton for the past few weeks, and I thoroughly enjoy the guest. Um, she has some very thought-provoking guest questions, and and it's been been really interesting and good. And I hope to continue to listen to her show throughout the rest of the year. Tune in with us every Tuesday night at 7:30 p.m. Stay connected. Simply stay empowered.